production of Radio Six International. Hello. From Edinburgh, this is Ewan Spence and the whole team from the Edinburgh Fringe Show saying hello. One weekend to go, a few more nights to catch some of the great spectacle that is the Edinburgh Festival Fringe. Over the next hour, we've got just a little bit more flavour of what you can expect over this last weekend. A little bit, a little thoughts about how the Fringe runs, some comedy, some chants, some backwards and forwardsing, and a whole lot of stuff as well. As always, edmurfringe.thepodcastcorner.com you find links to all of these shows and many of these shows and acts and artists and theatre groups will go on after the Fringe so you can follow them on social media as well. Coming up, we have a good number of shows. We are going to be hearing a little bit more about the free fringe and how everything else there is organized we're going to have a little bit of a palindromic play we're going to have a chat about some music from new york but we're going to kick off with javad alipur and his look at ridge kids a history of shopping malls in tehran We've got some lovely smooth music in the background of Summerhall Bar. It's getting close to the end of the Fringe, finding a quiet corner to talk to one of the big sensations of Fringe Theatre this year is, this is the best we're going to get, David, so we'll do it here, shall we? Yeah, great. Because <laughs> it is. It's wonderful. It's smooth. And joining me, Javed Alipur, rich kids, and then everything else after the title. Yeah, gr- uh, great to meet you. Um, yeah, my name's Javad Alipur. I've got two shows up at the Fringe this year. Uh, Rich Kids, A History of Shopping Malls in Tehran, which is on at the Traverse. And I've brought back a show that I opened here two years ago called uh, The Believers Are But Brothers, which is at Assembly. And we're in Summer Hall. Don't you love the Fringe? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, so there's a new show and an old show coming up. Why bring two? Um, well, for me, these are the first two parts of a trilogy of shows that I'm making that are about the relationship between social media and contemporary politics, uh, in particular the way that the uh, kind of emergence of digital technology, rather than necessarily being a precursor to new kinds of social relations, seems to be unleashing quite quite archaic social forces. So the Believers Are But Brothers is a line from the Quran and that tells the story partially through theatre, partially through an immersive WhatsApp group that the audience join. Of It, it kind of tells the story of three young men two Muslims from the UK and a white boy from America who in their different ways get involved with extreme politics so whether that's ISIS or different jihadi groups or the alt-right and it also tells the story of me trying to talk to them Uh, Rich Kids uh, is a response to uses a live Instagram feed and a play in which that Instagram feed sits to look at the story of two kids of the elite of the Islamic Republic of Iran. So Iran is a country like many other in the global south, like uh, 
Iran, Zimbabwe, China, uh, many, you know, those kinds of countries that are quote-unquote anti-imperialist, if you like, what sociologists would sometimes call a developmental dictatorship. So, you know, they, they come to power, regimes that come to power off the back of a, a colonial uprising or anti-colonial uprising or a, uh, let us say, popular revolution. And so the self-image of the regime uh, is about a certain kind of austerity, a certain kind of uh, anti-Westernism and so on. But actually the kids of the people who run it behave as obnoxiously as rich kids do in Saudi Arabia, the UK or America. And one of the things that Instagram has allowed to happen is this kind of Marie Antoinette let, let them eat cake quite old-fashioned aristocratic culture all over the world so the reason both these shows are playing is uh, partially because uh, Believers is in the British Council what's called the British Council Showcase this year so it's, it's sort of toured the world already but we've brought it back to meet more partners for that but also because yeah it, this is part of a trilogy of shows not all, not all my work has phones and social media in it but I'm a big believer in, in theatrical form following subject matter so it seems to me uh, if you're making a show about tech, it should have some tech in it. And this is why the audience are actually encouraged to bring their phones out, yeah. their laptops, their tablets. Laptops? Can you go as far as laptops? Or you just uh, like tablets and phones? Tablets, phones. I mean, whatever whatever works for you. I mean, in terms bring of, them out during the show and absolutely. use them. Funnily enough, Instagram is Instagram is uh, the first was the first social media service which was uh, smart device native. By which I mean. Facebook and Twitter were originally built primarily to be worked on a computer and only later adapted for smartphones and tablets, whereas Instagram was the first of those social networks to be built native for your phone or your tablet. So, so it has less functionality on a computer than it does on your phone. Um, so yeah we, yeah, we have all this kind of banter about saying to people, you know, this is one of those shows where leave your phone on, turn the sound up. And, and that means that you, there are moments in the show where you've got the audio playing through all the phones. Yeah. Slightly out of sync. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. that's... This is what I love about The Fringe is you can find a new way of telling some classic stories and this is one of them. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, it is. I mean, it's funny, the classic story thing. Like, uh, you know, there is a reason... I mean, I have Iranian heritage, but, like, the reason why I'm choosing to tell... It's really the show is about... Uh, as I say... Uh, kind of like the hot take about my sh these these kinds of my shows is often that they're about social media, but then they're not really. They're about stuff that's quite deep in the human soul. So believers are but brothers is really about masculinity and and kind of fantasy and and what men if men don't get the sex and the money that they think they deserve, what they'll do and the stories they'll tell themselves. And in the same way, this Rich Kids isn't really about Instagram. It's about how we understand ourselves in history and how we try and work out where we came from and where we're going. So it's sort of about climate change as well. It's sort of about why countries all over the world think they're falling apart, whether it's Brexit and kind of the Scottish independence movement or whether it's you know Syria collapsing into civil war, why what it means when it feels like history is unraveling around you and so in that sense the narrative device we used to used to tell of the idea of you know for better for worse like the kind of people who run the iranian regime are by any measure i mean we talk a little bit about um robert mugabe's notorious son chatunga mugabe in the show as well so we found this video on instagram of chatunga mugabe in a nightclub in south africa sanctions are like meaning people can't afford chicken in zimbabwe 
and he puts a video on his own Instagram of himself flashing a Rolex watch at the camera and then he slowly pours a bottle of champagne over it, breaking it. Um, like, why? Do you know what I mean? Um, but we say, you know, for me, I look at that and I go, actually, what's, 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 what's classic about this is that for better or worse, Robert Mugabe, dreadful homophobe, obviously, dictator, and, uh, you know, committed a, a terrible, terrible human rights abuses against um, the, the ethnic minority who supported the other national liberation movement in Zimbabwe. So, you know, committed ethnic cleansing in the early 1980s. Having said that, by his own measure, just like the people who run the Iranian regime are successful people. Do you know what I mean? Hard, impressive people. Take Mugabe. Uh, participated in and won a guerrilla war against the South Africans and the Rhodesians. Sat the British down at the negotiating table. Got what he wanted from them. Has a PhD in law. And then they have these sons. So these, these men and women who make themselves hard and successful. They then have these kids who grow up with all this stuff that they never had. And what do they become? They become, to be honest with you, useless bosh kids. <laughs> like, uh, you know, it's all like, oh, uh, hello, like some hoorays. And actually, that's a really classic theatrical and cinematic story because it's, it's Henry V when he's young in Henry IV's part one and two. It's, if you remember The Godfather, it's Freddo in The Godfather. Do you know what I mean? And that, I found that story really interesting. I love the fact that you just went from all from Shakespeare through the Coppola yeah. uh, with the films because we know that Mario Pizzo did the books as well uh, and, and yourself with the Fringe that's, that's a yeah. nice triumvirate <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you put yourself in there yeah, yeah. but the Fringe has really opened up to this show yeah. uh, and taken it to its heart yeah I mean to be honest I, I've been getting a bit soppy this year because th this is only my this is my second Fringe like bringing professional work and like the Fringe is a, as you you'll know as well, you know, it's as well as anyone else, pit. it's a beast, man. It's an absolute beast. Like four thousand shows, what a million, three million people coming through over the course of the festival in a city that's built for four hundred thousand. Um, and you, in my view, you have to come with a plan. You have to come with a show you believe in, and then you also have to have a word with the theatre gods. And, and there's some stuff that is out of the control of the likes of you know you and I. And then, like, I've been feeling a bit soppy because actually, like, to be honest, and it can be a beast. It can be tough, and it can it breaks hearts, and it and it ruins people's financially. But for what I, you know, I believe in these shows we've done. They are good shows, and the festival has taken them to their heart and allowed me to do work and celebrated work that I couldn't get off the ground a lot of other places. Now, now because of this this win and this celebration that means that then other people like so when we transferred Believes Albert Brothers to London that came off the back of doing really well here do you know what I mean and that's a, that's a really important thing because look the fringe is I think in, a, in an interesting time like it's becoming more and more expensive to bring work here and so on the theatre I don't know that much about the comedy scene I don't know that much about the the literature festival but in terms of the theatre and dance scene like it's becoming much harder and harder for people to come and take risks so there is a I don't quite buy this but like there's a lot more some people are saying it's becoming there's a tendency within it for it to become just like from our there's great work but in terms of from our industry point of view it becomes more like a showcase than a festival of new work and a, and a festival of people taking risks and like it feels really good to have to have come with a show that a lot of people would perceive as risky and with difficulties and lots of technical gubbins and for people to just get on board with that. 
and that show already we know is going to live after the fringe alongside part one as it were absolutely yeah um so uh rich kids is transferring to home in uh, manchester who co-produced it with us and that's going to be on in i think the last week of october and then we are just about to announce a london run which is likely to be in spring next year and we've got a website or social media where we yeah man my my website is javad alipor j-a-v-a-d-a-l-i-p-o-o-r.co.uk but the easiest way to hit me up is on twitter where i'm at javad alipor i'm the same on instagram and I'm one of two Javad Alipors on Facebook. The other guy is very clearly a man who teaches engineering at Tabriz University. <laughs> and are you bringing part three next year or do you need a bit of a break to get I, everything I, through? I have a one year off, one year on model with a fringe. Like, do you know what I mean? I, um, uh, I come and see stuff when I'm not bringing things. Uh, I, I have some thoughts on what the next third part is gonna be about but um, I suspect it's not the next thing I'm going to make. Uh, but, but yeah, part three, TBC is coming. I am very curious. Looking forward to part three and the rest of the work. Javed, thanks very much for taking your time. As you say, the gods are giving you the busiest schedule possible for somebody in theatre at the Fringe. So thanks very much. And enjoy what's left, which is about the length of Glastonbury. Yeah, <laughs> it's a pleasure. Thank you. Javad Alipur there, uh, speaking about his two shows. Part two of the trilogy was Rich Kids, A History of Shopping Malls in Tehran, playing at the Traverse. And The Believers Are But Brothers, which was part one, which is playing at Assembly. As always, details back at our website, edinburghfringe.thepodcastcorner.com. And you can go straight to the ticket office at edfringe.com as well. When the Fringe is over, all of these acts will continue to tour and go on uh, everything that is happening. So do keep an eye out and follow them on social media as well. But now we're going to take some music from the fringe playing the jazz bar uh, later on this weekend it is the cadet as they take on the mighty music of john williams <laughs>
Cadet there and John Williams. Uh, the show itself is nowhere near my notes. Why can I not get the notes? Where is everything going? I am so all over the shop here, so we're just going to stop that one as well. There we go. Stop reset. Cadet there as they take on the music of John Williams at the Jazz Bar. Uh, you can get them midnight uh, on the 25th of August uh, and all the fun there at the Jazz Bar on Chambers Street. As always, I'm com to find out more details of the shows. After the Fringe, well, the Edinburgh Fringe podcast uh, side of things will go down, but our radio partners over at Radio 6 International and around the world will continue. So if you want to listen to 24-7 Music, radio6.com to keep the listening going on. Right then, uh, Catherine Cohen up next. Uh, the Twist, She's Gorgeous is the name of the show. That's going to cause me problems over at Pleasance Courtyard. Joining me now in the show in the, the delights of Brooks Bar, because, you know, we're not going to hide in the studio no weather like this. We're going to find somewhere where we can get a coffee and a tea and some iron brew. And I wish we were sponsored at this point. I know. What the well, you started already. I mean, one second in and I've got to hit the profanity bleep. I mean, Give me another chance. No, no, that's staying in. We're running right through. That's two. That's two. You can't, trust, you can't trust Americans on the podcast I'm at all, isn't it? You're out of control. We haven't even introduced your name yet. You could just run away now and they, who's, they're going to have to send the fine to me. Oh, my God. La, 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 la. Good night. <laughs> Good night. Catherine Cohen causing chaos on the podcast. But the twist is she's gorgeous and that's the show title before anybody starts <laughs> getting on top of me yes that is the name of my absolutely gorgeous show this year at edinburgh it's a comedy cabaret extravaganza there's a lot of that at the fringe that 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 it's a nice pitch but it doesn't really help it stand out well in... mine's one of a kind because it was written by me tell us a bit more about it. <laughs> Well, it's original songs I write with my co-composer, pianist, Henry Kapersky. And in between it's stand-up about my life as a gal who wants everything living in New York City. Ever heard of it? I have, yes. The last time I was at New York City, I was there for exactly 21 hours. Oh, no. You need more time. So what brings the show to Edinburgh? Was this a burning desire yes, to come oh, yes. on the side? I, I came here years ago. I thought it was the most magical place on earth. And I said... I must bring a show here. Now that I'm here, I'm like, I have a death wish. Why would I want to do this every night? <laughs> so were you over for the Fringe or just for a holiday? Yeah, or? for the Fringe. I was I was um, flying for a show called Baby Wants Candy. Have you seen I'm that show? Improvised musical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very yeah. good. Big bucket, bucket of sweets every year in the Royal Mile. Yes, yep. yes, yes. So they're... They're from Chicago, but they, they like go to colleges in the States, so they came to where I went to school, and they're like, we're looking for people to come to the Fringe with us. And I was like, I want to go to the Fringe. It sounds amazing. So I just went with them. I was like 25 of us living in a three-bedroom flat, s- sleeping you know, two hours a night, drunk in a field, living the dream. Yep, that's the Fringe. It's exactly like the Fringe. And from that backstage experience, you yeah. felt the need to come back. I know. What, what's wrong with me? I'm sick in the head. Um, well, this is a very different experience. Now I'm like on some sort of sick wellness retreat, hiking, cooking vegetables, trying to be zen, trying to be healthy, doing yoga. How else am I going to get through the month? Uh, you're in Brooks Bar. I have a suggestion. <laughs> You've got a big, big coffee there uh the show itself is i mean it's, it's a late run it's ten forty-five in the evening yeah, as yeah, well yeah. but i suppose for cabaret it just sits quite nicely it's chic yeah it's sort of fun it's musical 
people looking for a fun night out, come hang out with me. It's glittery, it's sparkly, it's it's la la la. So you say you wanted to bring the show to the fringe. Does yeah. that mean that this is the sort of the end of this bit or does it go on tour? What, so what happens to the show before and after? Yeah, so it's a it's a version of a show I've been doing for like a year or so at a place called Joe's Pub in New York City. And we kind of are just taking the latest version of that, bringing it here. And then after this, we're hoping to tape it, make a special, and then kind of be done with it and move on and start from scratch. Uh, are you one of the people that's got one of those elusive Netflix specials? That's the dream. That's uh, the dream. Right, okay. It's like give up your day job and podcasting. It's just like I've not found it yet. <laughs> no. It's like the Netflix specials. Everybody talks about them, but I've yet to find somebody that's actually had one. Really? Yeah, like they're so, just like so they're just like ha- ghostly things, and I feel like they give so many away. They might as well give me one. <laughs> nice, yeah. But so if you do, come back on the show and tell me that I'll you're let the you one. Know what happens. You're, the, you're the one. Um, but in the meantime, taping the special because you have got social media, YouTube, self distribution. We don't need all the all. Yeah. Either way, we'll make, we'll make a special, and um, then we'll start from scratch. The beauty of it, the and cycle of course, of life. that goes on throughout the year. You podcasting, social media, Patreons and stuff. All the stuff. I mean, I suppose you, even five years ago, online creatives didn't have that set of tools to build a career. Yeah, it's, I, I've only been doing it in the past five years, so I don't know what it would be like before, but I'm very grateful it's for... It's barren wasteland. <laughs> All this were fields. I know, I believe it. No, it, it's been beautiful because I... Um, you know, we, we host this weekly show in New York City every Wednesday at Alan Cummings Club in the East Village called Club Cumming. And people from all over the world come because... Al- Alan as in Piff Paff Poff. Yes. Yes, good. Wait, what's Piff Paff Poff? <gasps> oh, right then. Well, we, we have a delightful video to show you afterwards of Alan Cumming very early in his career doing Scottish comedy then. Oh, yes. I knew that he had been to the Fringe many times. Yes. Um, but yeah, so anyways... But because of Instagram, people from all over the world can come and find out about the show. So it's been really great, and everyone's very kind and supportive online thus far. And you have the Patreon project as well to so, keep everything ticking Well, over. I have a podcast called Seek Treatment with my best friend, Pat Regan, who's the funniest person in the world. And we just started a Patreon for that. So that's kind of a separate thing. The well, podcasters and podcasters, even those that, that go and sneak themselves into radio, still have to promote their own podcast and the URLs and everything. So carry on. Yeah. Well, it's, all, it's everywhere you can find it. It's, uh, we do it with a production company called Forever Dog, but you can get it on, you know, Apple. You can get it on iTunes, Spotify Podcasts, wherever people get their podcasts. Where do you listen to podcasts? I outcast and one weird one on Android that just simply calls itself Player. Wow, I don't know anything about that. I just know iTunes. They, they, all, they all run off the iTunes database, also, so as long as you're in iTunes. Oh, yeah, we're, all, we're deep in iTunes. Go check it out. Lovely. Right then. Uh, the show itself, though, uh, you had a couple of runs of the preview in the show. and you've We did a show in London at the Moth Club, and it was just one of the greatest nights of my life. The crowd was wild. It was so fun. And then the first show at the Fringe, and I was pleasantly surprised. I had no idea what to expect, but we had an almost full crowd, and people were enthusiastic. I felt loose and fun, and whenever I feel like I can like improvise and play around, that's when the show's the best. And how much does the show breathe throughout the, fr- throughout the Fringe? You know, un- unlike theatre or stand-up where there's pretty regimented, with, with Cabaret, have you got a, a chance to sort of chop and change everything? And I hope so. Otherwise, I'll go crazy doing the same thing every night. So I'm hoping to sort of, like, I have a section in the, in the show where I read these little funny poems I write, and I hope to kind of change those almost every night just to make it fun for myself. And then, you know, if I feel like doing a song one night versus a different song, I can just switch it out. And my... my um, 
co-writer, pianist, is a genius. And so if I'm like, I need to do this one in a lower key tonight, or let's change this song, he can just on the fly kind of mix it up. So it's very, it's pretty loose. But there, I always have to have the things to return to. So there's some safe spots, and then yeah, because you got to get the really laughs improv. coming, or I'll lose my mind. Yep. Yeah. Oh no, it's, it's, you can lose your mind as long as it's funny for the audience. <laughs> I have already; it's gone. <laughs> it's I've it's gone. It. Fair, no. fair enough. Then we don't need to worry too much more about it. Remind us once more where it's on. Pleasance beneath, ten forty-five every night. Catherine, thanks very much for oh, your time. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Catherine Cohen there with the twist, she's gorgeous. That's recorded for her nomination uh, for the Emmerich Comedy Awards, formerly known as the Perriers. Right, before we head on to our next interview, let's just have a little look at some of the shows that are pinning up critical acclaim around the Fringe this year with our friends over at iFringe. The iFringe app has been running throughout the Fringe, uh, collecting up reviews, showtimes, listings, stars, and more for Android and iPhone users. Yeah, you can put the iPad in there as well. But when you're out and about on the streets and you're going, what's on now near me that's got good reviews, iFringe has been there. And if you missed it this year, it'll be around next year as well. But thanks to that, I had a little word with the team and said, look, you're looking over all the reviews over all the sites. What have been the top five shows of this Fringe? In other words, if you're not quite sure, you've got a last chance to see what's at the top of the list. Uh, and Richard and his team have passed them over to me. So now, these are in no particular order. Uh, and do check the listings for the times in detail. Some of them are later. Some finish Saturday, some finish Sunday, some finish Monday. But we'll start off first of all with a letter to Bora playing C-cubed at 1.15 in the afternoon. In the disabled toilets in Tesco's, we meet Billy and Neil wearing combats and carrying enough explosives to blow the place sky high. And they examine life and attempt to decide whether extreme violence is the only way to be heard. Powerful theatre piece are playing at C-cubed. We then have the return to the fringe of Frisky and Manish. Ten years ago, uh, they popped up to dissect pop music. Uh, and now in Frisky and Manish's pop lap, they return to Edinburgh at Assembly George Square, 7pm every evening. Uh, with the return of the wildly popular brand of musical infotainment. Uh, we're fully qualified to conduct scientific analysis of the molecular intersections between every pop song ever. It's a load of great fun songs, comedy and observation there. Assembly George Square, 7pm for this year's Frisky and Manish. Tickets, I suspect, will be very difficult to find on that one, but they are still out there. Roundabout at Summer Hall at uh, 7.50pm sees the Canary and The Crow, an award-winning middle child presentation. Uh, a brand new gig theatre about the journey of a working-class black kid who's accepted to a prestigious grammar school. Semi-autobiographical from the writer and performer Daniel Ward uses grime, hip-hop and theatre to tell the story of the struggle between new environments that don't accept you and old ones that have no opportunity. We then have Frankenstein, How to Make a Monster, playing at the Traverse Theatre and doing the strange wheel of time, so um, it could be on at any point. Check your listings. An electrifying gig of tongue-twisting vocal gymnastics as Mary Shelley's original is reimagined with sounds, songs, and sonic trickery. Who created them? How will you find out what we fear the monsters, and how did they do that with their voice? The, the answer, by the way, is beatboxing. Uh, Frankenstein there, How to Make a Monster at Traverse. And finally, in our five to see America 
is Heart to see Underbelly Cowgate at 7.45. A new play using a blend of verbatim interviews, Methodist hymns and original songs to investigate the lives in and around Miracle Village, a rural American community for sex offenders buried deep in Florida's sugar cane fields. That's your five, myfringe.com. Back to the Fringe. Uh, we're getting close to the end, but Surgeon's Hall at five past five for the evenings that are left at the Fringe. You will find the show Life on Mars from the acapella band Semitoned. Uh, but before we take a highlight of that show, why don't we listen back to a wicked game from a previous year. Break your heart. 
Wicked Games are covering the classic Chris Isaac song there from Semitone. Their show Life on Mars plays Surgeon's Hall five past five in the evening right through until the end of the Fringe, which is getting very close now. So uh, what if we could run it all backwards and do it all again? Well, I uh, would have drawn your attention to are we not drawn onward to new era a little bit earlier in the run or later in the run? All become clear as I speak to the performers Angelo and Carolian. Bouncing around the venues at the Fringe, I find myself at the zoo venues. This is, you thought we were going to get all the way through a Fringe run without me doing Ian Kennell's joke about it's zoo venues, not the actual zoo. There we go, honour is satisfied, 15-year-old cliche is still running. Fine. Uh, joining me now, Angelo Tyson and Caroline de Blazer. Welcome to the show. Thank you. And Thank you. Um, a production company whose name I am not even going to attempt. Ontroerend goed. The show is a palindrome. Yes, and the title and the show, both of them. Are we not drawn onward to new era? For set the scene when people come in and watch the start of the show. <laughs> well, like um, like we said, the the show the the title is a palindrome, so you can read it from uh, front to back and the other way around. And the show also works like that. So you get. Um, the first thing you see will also be the last thing you see, and so everything builds up to a point in the middle and starts again from there. I know I'm, sound, I'm sounding pretty vague. You told us we were allowed yeah. to do that. Apparently, your audience loves that. Um, so we're not here to give away no? the show. We're here to no. get people excited about the show and to talk about it. All right. But we have a starting point, we have a middle point, and then we have a starting point again. Yes. Or an end point and a middle point. Yeah. And an end point. The first thing you see is the end, and the last thing you see is the beginning. I, I, I just love it. And it's, it's so well constructed. What gave you the idea to, to do the show in this form? Um, well, we're both uh, part of the artistic core of the company, and we're both uh, performers in the show. We're not the director. Uh, the director is back in Belgium, so he's the one to blame. But... Um, the, the show tries to talk about um, what we're doing to the planet and the people on it and the, the trees and the skies and everything else. And the whole idea that what they now in Belgium call eco-realism, where uh, thinking science is going to fix everything and we'll be able to reverse everything, just the idea that that's not possible. You can't just reverse everything like almost like a like a palindrome for example um, and I think that's that's partly where it started just the idea of showing something that is not a solution to address a certain problem yeah the director started I think with the question in his head like in what is what is our impact and how reversible or irreversible are our actions and and how how big is that and is there stuff you can undo also not just about uh, the climate but also like in life there are sentences that you would like you wouldn't have said or you you wish you would uh, be able to sometimes to take something back um, and it's because he played with that idea and that question that he came up with a form of let's make the show um, talk about that and see what is our impact and what can we undo and there is also some <coughs> magic involved in the show um, 
just to point out that some of our actions are maybe in a show, in a theater show, um, possible to undo, but not in real life. So that's the that's the consequence. It's not, uh, yeah, life is not a magic trick. Um, we won't be able to fix it as we do in the show. So as as actors, how do you approach a piece like this? Do you still regard it as just a normal theater piece and a script, or do you have to really delve into the reversal and back and forward and how does that impact your performances well it's very very strict because you can't just improvise because it's yeah that's just um, well because of the nature of the show not possible so if a mistake uh, has been made then there's also no way to solve it in an elegant way <laughs> is it a case of then that you have to sort of remember the mistake so you can do it again or is it just a case of it's live theatre that's why we love it yeah it's um, it's indeed live theatre sometimes people ask was it was it is everything live and it was it all uh, was it all done today um, so sometimes a real mistakes helps in the convincing the audience that it was indeed live because of that mistake that rather much like that ambulance that just yes, went past like <laughs> no we're not doing it again we're doing it that is life that is Edward everybody packed in yeah it's um, th- th- what, what we what we always do if, if we devise something new is that we try to find the the form that suits the, um, the content the best two years ago we were here as well with a show called Lies a pound yen euro dollar um, which was about capitalism and how that is growing and crashing and growing and crashing and so we built a casino um, and asked people to bring their money so they could play the history of capitalism with their own money when we make a show about um, democracy we uh, ask people to vote during the show so very often we use um, theatrical elements uh, or elements just in general (laughs) um, to convey a certain message so here Instead of learning how to handle um, poker chips like a pro, we had to learn a different skill set. Um, how to walk backwards in a convincing way that you're also walking uh, forward. Um, and speaking, for example, we had to learn not to just say the letters in a reversed order, but to pronounce it in a certain way so that when you reverse it, it actually sounds like what you were trying to say. It's... Is it a show you have to see twice? Or it's a show you can see 22 <laughs> times. <laughs> yes, see it once every single day, every time it's on, give us all your money. We're back to the campus. It's a religion one. now. Um, no, <laughs> you can, you can, I think you can see it twice. Because um, we, trying not to spoil too much. Does we stand up to repeat it? Can you watch it standalone and get everything and move on? Or will you see a lot more if you come back a second time course, and know what's about course, to go on? Yeah. Yeah, and I think that works for every good piece of art. If you listen to a record once, you, you might enjoy it a lot, but if you listen to it regularly, you always keep on discovering new things. Even I sometimes look at my five colleagues on stage and think, ah, <laughs> haven't seen that in a while, or that feels new or fresh, or I'm seeing this in a very um, different or new light now, so that, that, that happens. So, again, treading around part of the story but is there a moment where the audience and you realize you know somebody in the audience is going to get what's going on and can you like slowly sort of mark them off going and you get it now and you get it now and 
Yeah, yeah, you can hear it by the audience reaction that of course a lot of people who see the show now have read a lot of uh, stuff about it and read the reviews so s sometimes they just really know what's going to happen but otherwise they also think ah I know I know it's uh, I know it's backwards so um, they try to they try to turn it around in their head immediately and then you see the reactions and the longer it takes the more audience reaction you get so it's, it starts with one person <laughs> and then yeah. near the turning point you know that most people like know what's going on yeah and then you yeah that's and there are some <coughs> some quite clear uh, hints that are so uh, easy to turn around in your head that help you and guide you and make you say ah yeah of course now i understand what this is no idea what the rest was about but and then of course in the second half of the show everything becomes clear yeah. for i everyone. did though love you, you, you I'd love to say you can hear it on the audio, but Angelo, you just like that, yeah, there is, that bit's fun. <laughs> There's that satisfaction. You I mean, you can't really respond to the audience at that point, but in your head, you're thinking, I'm having a good day at work. Yeah, it is. It's a short day as well. It will <laughs> it's a short day at work for us. Um, but um, no, that, that's nice, but uh, we, we had to adapt as well in... in in that way because normally when you play a show and you know I'm now going to land this line so I'm gonna get this reaction from an audience but if you play it in reverse and people don't understand and you know in approximately 42 minutes you'll actually hear the line and so you'll respond so it's 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 weird sometimes that we have to like have weird gaps in what we're doing because we know people might respond there and otherwise they'll miss the next or the previous line depending on your point of view <laughs> So if we've got you intrigued enough now listening, the show itself is uh, running through until Sunday at the Fringe. Yes. Oh, yeah, it is. Uh, yes, it's uh, at 11 every day. Um, it's called Are We Not Drawn Onward to a New Era? And I'm, I'm very, very sorry, but it's completely sold out. But if you just stand in line like everyone uh, loves here in, uh, in Britain, you might get in if someone might decides be some not to show up. Well. What happens to the show after the Fringe? Um, after that, we go back to Belgium. We have a few days there that we tour, and then we have a French premiere in uh, Rennes in November. And then um, we'll see. Then what, we'll see. Uh, so, if yeah. people want to um, head off to watch the French premiere, where can they find out more details about the production company and the show? On our website, which is ontroerendgoed.be. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And we'll have a link back at our website as well, because, nope, I'm, I couldn't even write that one down after that pronunciation. <laughs> it's that late at the Fringe. It's, it's fascinating. It's wonderful. It is theatre right on the edge. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Angelo, Caroline, safe trip back to Belgium. Bring the, bring the show everywhere it wants to go and then some more and we'll see you again in Edinburgh at some point in the future. Perfect. Yes, we will. Hopefully we will. Thank you. Are we not drawn onwards to new era going out on tour or you've got a chance to get some returns at the box office they're playing at Zoo Southside. Right then, a little bit more music uh, to take us through and stalwarts of the Fringe, the Blues Waters, uh, are always uh, bringing up some great music. This year their show, the Blues Waters Presents Blues, is playing Surgeon's Hall at 10 past 7 in the evenings that are left here at the Arts Festival, capital of the world. This is Whiskey. Thank you. 
Got on the bus by the morning light Got two little fairy by twilight Got in the fourth by midnight Oh man, those what I like Wanna feel that smoke run down my throat I wanna feel it on my tongue Wanna still feel that lovely thing After my glasses done Give me my whiskey Give me my whiskey Give me my whiskey Give me my Give me my whiskey Give me my whiskey Give me my whiskey Give me mine Well, ask me why I ain't working I've been working on my drink Was made from holy water Crazy bad from the brink Out here around the water That's what the makes to sleep But if you touch my bottle Lord, you know those thoughts will be Give me my whiskey Give me my whiskey Give me my whiskey Give me mine Give me my whiskey Give me my whiskey Give me my whiskey Give me with our track Whiskey, which is part of their show Blues, uh, playing Surgeon's Hall at ten past seven through until the end of the Fringe, which has still got a couple of nights to go, even though when you look at it, it's just a little bit left of that show. Anyway, there's lots of ways you can enjoy the Fringe, there's lots of ways you can put on a Fringe show, uh, and as our final interview for this season, I caught up with Elise Harris from PBH's Free Fringe to talk about the different shapes and styles of spaces that you have here in Edinburgh. There are many flavours to the Fringe. There are big shows, there are small shows, there are daft shows, there are artistic shows, there are children's shows, there are expensive shows, there are shows where you pay what you feel like you can at the time. There are shows determined by the size of the buckets. All kinds of flavours are in there. We've covered a little little snippet of them uh, over the last month here uh, on the Fringe show and podcast here. But to talk a little bit more about one of the flavours of the Fringe... Elise Harris joins me now. Welcome. Hello, how are you? Artistic director from PBH's Free Fringe. Oh, there's a few of us, but just for the children's <laughs> and the theatre shows. And because there's, there's a lot of shows to go around. I'm yeah. the sort of person that doesn't read the bit in between the brackets. You want to be an artistic director, you can be an artistic director, and you can be an artistic director, and you can be an artistic director. It is all, it is all there. 
there are lots of free fringes and lots of fri- fringes within a fringe, and they all kind of all don't kill each other. But I think that's one of the fun things about Edinburgh is it's just lots of little interlocking things. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And some of them work together really well, and some of them maybe not. There's a lot of like, like uh, sharks and the jets going on sometimes behind the scenes. But I, for the most part, it's all pretty good. And, and you do have the, the big venues sitting alongside the medium venues, sitting like the smaller venues, and sometimes big, the, those venues put on different structures to the shows in terms of yes. how artists and techies and backstage are all recompensed. And mm-hmm. there's not one unifying way of doing a fringe show. I think that's one of the reasons I really love it. Yeah, there isn't one way. And what we do at the Free Fringe is we don't charge for the venues, and but it's up to the show to say how the people are going to be paid. And there's a collection usually at the end. Uh, you say we really we really worked hard for this show, or what? You do a bucket speech. I'm not very good at the bucket speech, so I won't do a bucket speech. But I know other people are doing it really well and are collecting loads of money. But you don't have to pay. That's the thing. If you if you if you're very if you don't feel like you you have enough money, if you maybe you just wanted to see a show or you're having a bad day, you don't have to pay. But you know, it's a sort of at the end of the show. Would you like to give money? And it's up to you and how much. You, you look at the, you look at the artist roster and you realise that it's all spectrums of artists there. It's not oh, just yeah. those who are starting out in comedy. No. There there are experienced comedians who have sort of done the big venues and now have fallen back into doing the free fringe models as well and as you said yourself you've got theatre and children's now which is under your remit we've had the theatre and children's for quite a while but um it's it's grown and it's shrunk depending on the venues we get because it's very much depending on what venues we get some of them go to the paid venues some of them go to other organizations but we're trying to put as much as we can of the the but we do have a filter system we don't put anything in we we look to see whether that would work in the venue and whether you're ready for a show and sometimes if you're not ready for a show we might suggest maybe do a show with some other people or do some spot something like that but it's a very wide range of people there's people that have been going for years and a professional level who've got paid shows and a free show there's people that are just starting out it's just it's all and they're all in the same venue a lot of the time so so you're you're working together into a sort of cooperative way and you yourself you're front of house as well as needs require yes i'm yes i come and go yeah but i i i make sure that something that people have got the venues and then uh there's other people that we've got venue captains so there's other people on the ground that can deal with day-to-day problems but ultimately you can come to one of us and we can try and sort it out if it's sortable but it is a cooperative thing really yeah and it's one that a lot of people come back to year on year. Oh, it's yeah. just, you know, it's that extended family of the fringe that's grown up there as well. It is. It's very much a family thing. There's a lot of people that have been with us for years that have gone on, that have started off small, have got really big and have come back to us. Maybe have gone away and just tried the completely paid model and then gone, yeah, and can't come back to us. And some of them are still doing the paid model and us as a sort of, well, I don't know whether it's a thank you, but as a sort of, we, we're still we're still with the ethos. We're still with that that idea of doing and there's it. also you're going to get different audiences and oh, yeah. different materials and stuff I, I always find it fascinating that when you look at some festivals there's one more and Edinburgh manages to have fringes within the fringe mm. and then even even the split of paid and free there's 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 levels inside there as well it's weird really because we're all doing the shows the best we can it's just I mean obviously it's 
usually at, not as tech heavy. I think if you if you've got a really tech heavy show, you need to really go to a place where you pay for the tech because you're not really paying any of that. You have to sort of sort it out yourself and then compensate the people in your show. For that reason, I think it's probably not a good thing if you've got like a hundred people and techs all over the place. You're not going to ever get make enough to pay them back. I mean, so. So it's really for slightly smaller scale shows, and and there is more of an element of you can experiment more because of that. And really. the audience are open to the experimentation open to as the well. Experiment, yeah. You've got to find the model that suits you. Great, no matter where you are at the finish. I think that's the big takeaway. I think so. Yeah. What about you though? Because you're doing stuff as a performer as well oh, yeah. as an organiser yes. at the back. And I find what you're doing probably one of the more challenging ideas at the Fringe. I think it is a challenge. But you said that. I've been coming since 2006 with various shows. I've done pretty much all the different shows there are. And sometimes I've really planned it and I've gone out of my way to publicise it and I've been really, really stressed about it. And and maybe nobody's come and I've got no reviewers and, and maybe I didn't get audience. And it's like, no. Last year my shows fell through a little bit and so I had to just, I found some more venues and I filled in. And the trouble was though, I was in venues that people had dropped out of, people were expecting something else. So I gave them something else and I thought this year, I'm just gonna go in with it without any of, because last year they went wrong. This year, if they go wrong, if things go wrong, I mean, I'm not worried about that. So, so effectively, for sure, can't be on for some reason. Yes, I'm going to try and fill in. You're going to be the substitute. You're going to yeah, be the, the tonight you were expecting this but instead. Exactly. And I can't I can't fill in for every show, but I'm going to try and find some. I've got some planned because there are already some that have got days off and I'm I'm, I'm in the Wee Blue book. Wee Blue book's very important if you want to find me, but I I'm also going to try and fill in for other shows that, that, that unexpectedly drop. That means adopting material or So I've got a couple of shows that I could just fill in if like would you like this show or that show I'll do that show or what I did last year I did uh, somebody wanted a spoken word show so I did a spoken word show somebody I did a couple of theatre shows some of them were work in progress and so, some some people turned up and I was like that's unexpected I hadn't flyered that much for this show it was completely full they had expected a different show so I'm like okay so but then that in the end became a sort of uh, what is theatre sort of symposium at the same time so it's basically a mix of impro and stuff I've already got and what people are expecting um I, I did a musical at one point as well. It was just, you know, what do you want? That's what I'll do. So I'm going to do whatever anybody, if they turn up. I mean, I'm going to try and get people in, but, it, you know, they might be expecting something else. So let's see what happens. But you that. do have some shows that are, are locked in, so people can definitely go out and see you at certain points of the... Oh, yeah, there are the some, definitely, there are some shows that you can definitely go and see me. Uh, they're mostly at the Banshee Labyrinth and the um, Barbados but I'm going to seek out other shows that have dropped out and that need need my help. There like we go. As I said, it, <laughs> I love the idea, the challenging aspect of you're not getting your audience all the time. You're getting mm. somebody else's audience and yeah, you've, got to, time. Yeah. you've got to just I've got to get go. in and click. Yeah, exactly. Because that's another thing. If, if a show drops out and people have turned up because it was very popular, then they're going to be disappointed. And it's better to give them something, and they understand that it's not the show that they... But they might have some fun anyway. And because they haven't paid up front anyway, they might pay me thousands of pounds at the end. I think it's unlikely, but they might. But, uh, you know, it's it's less... They don't feel maybe so disappointed that they've got something out of it, maybe. It's almost like finding that random show at the Fringe, and it's a case of, you know what, it is going to be a random show, just... 
Trust it, it all works. It. Yeah. And that's the fringe as a whole, really, isn't that it? It is the fringe as a whole. So, Elise, where can people find more details about you and your show? It's definitely in the Wee Blue Book. The Wee Blue Book, seek that out, look at it. Which is the catalogue for the PBH Free Fringe Show. It is the PBH Free Fringe Book, and it's it's got all the shows. Well, it's not got all the shows, because there are going to be some There's a big catalogue that does that somewhere. And there'll be some more as well, but it's got what shows are supposed to be on <laughs> lovely and you find details of that up at the uh, free fringe website we'll put links back oh to that yeah 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 we've got well. an app it's on the website it's it's in the book we've got all the things got all of the things there <laughs> at least so much opportunity so for, much opportunity enjoy your time <laughs> enjoy your time in edinburgh as the yeah. fringe nears the end of that we can just about see the finish line Elise Harris there from PBH's Free Fringe, taking us through the different shapes that you can get through at the Fringe. And that, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, friends in the capital and friends around the world, is us for another year. Thank you very much for joining me throughout August as I've given you just a taste of the 4,000 shows and countless tens of thousands of curtain calls that have been taking place across Edinburgh throughout the month of August. We're going to be back here doing it all again next year and no doubt uh, we will have some returning favourites, we'll have brand new shows, we'll have lots of music it happens at all the arts festivals and fringe festivals around the world around the year but Edinburgh is the one that everybody remembers. Big thank you uh, to our musical guests uh, the Quartet, Semitoned and Blueswaters uh, for appearing on the show for interviewers and in few that's just me the interviewees uh, that I've spoken to is the interviewer Lise Harris and uh, the Oratron Good Company Javad Alipur and Catherine Cohen in the show and of course everybody else uh, who has contributed to the shows and taking time out of their busy Edinburgh schedules to help out thanks also to the production team uh, over at Radio 6 International Tony Curry and the team there getting us on air around the world thank you for listening uh, and following us at com. I've went through more than enough coffee in August that I think tomorrow I'm still going to be flying on fumes there's still a couple of shows left for me to see the Edinburgh Fringe continues but for now this show says Tara. Stay safe. Catch you next year. A production of Radio 6 International. Copyright 2019.